Yeah. <laughs> Feeling a little bit of it here. Man, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just exciting what I, what I sense. And I want to talk to you today uh, about hope. And I know that we've, we've had some messages about hope. We've had some on love. had some on faith. Pastor Daniel last week really talking about miracles and, and revival and sensing what God is doing. And yet we, we need to understand that, because that, um, I, I went back, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, I've, I've, I've preached this, others have, you know, we've, we've really been on this kind of area of hope, and, and I said, is this really what I'm supposed to do again? How, how, much, how much of this do we need? And I felt like he said, till you get it. <laughs> Come on, how many of you have ever felt like that, you know, with your kids? How many times do we have to do till you get it? <laughs> and so until we get it. And uh, because the, the whole thing, you know, of, of the world's type of hope and biblical hope are very different. You know, when we, when we use it in the English language, it's like, hope so. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget the bumper sticker I saw one time. I feel much better that I've given up on hope. How sad is that? <laughs> and yet, yet, you know, it's not an optimist or an eternal optimist versus a pessimist. Even though I do believe that the optimist will gain the fortunes of the pessimist. <laughs> Let that kind of sink in. Why? Because the pessimist, he's always, you know, like, the sky's falling, right? It's always the, the bad side of that thing. And I, I, I love, I need, to, I need to find out this. You know, one of, one of our folks here, they, they, they just got back from vacation in Hawaii, and they were talking about, you know, that, that, uh, that they only have uh, 13 letters in their alphabet. I went online, I, did ch I Googled that. <laughs> Check that out. But they said they, they have no negative words in their language in Hawaii. thought, so, boy, could we not use some of that? <laughs> Amen? And, and when you really look at Jewishness in, in what Judaism teaches in the actual Shabbat, you practice certain things on a weekly basis, very intentionally, so that it, it has a, an overlay or, a, or an outbirthing of, of something perpetual that you'll live all week. That's the whole idea. I hope that, that Sundays are like that for, for you and I, you know, when we come and we're not just trying to punch a cl clock and get some kind of favor from God, that we really are here to, for spiritual formation, for discipleship, and that something's being instilled in us that's perpetual, that's carrying us through the rest of the week. And one of the things that they do at, at, that, at sundown, you know, for Shabbat, is that for 24 hours, they practice no negativity. You can't speak a negative word. You ain't talking bad about nobody. <laughs> Practice that for, come on. <laughs> Some of you, 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 you husbands and wives would see transformation happen. Just practice that between each other. 
But so, so it's, it's ingrained even in, a, in, in, in Christianity is really a Judeo faith. You know, it's, it's outbirthing came from that. So we have, to, we have to understand that. And those Jewish roots, it's important for us, to, I think, to still understand those things because there's so much that actually lends itself. We can't, we can't read the New Testament just through a Western mindset. If, if that's all we do, then we're going to miss out on a whole lot of what the Bible speaks to. So when we talk about hope, hope is the picture. Because, you know, we, we know that faith has to work by love. That, that love, you've you got to keep your heart right. right that's, none of this is going to work if your heart's not right. I, I was um, helping counsel a, a ministry and having to deal with a situation with a staff member, and they were having to be let go. And, and, uh, and you know, my main advice in that for, for both parties is whatever difference is, whatever dispute, you better keep your heart right. You got to practice the love walk. Well, if I don't feel like it, it listen. <laughs> love is not reckless. The love of God is not reckless, it's very intentional. And love is a decision. Good song in a lot of ways, but some bad theology in some ways. Love, the love of God, is a decision. You make a decision. Come on, when, I'm going, when, it, it, when I've faced all those different kinds of things and betrayals and all that stuff, I'm making a decision to walk in love. I'm protecting and guarding my heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And I know that faith works by love. If I'm not... If I'm not truly centered in my love walk, then everything else is for naught. Your, your prayers, it'll be like a glass ceiling. But then you move over into faith, and you start talking about faith and how important faith is, because every miracle in the Bible, it, it's, it, it's about faith. When you truly explore and look at those things, some, somewhere, somehow, somebody's faith is involved in that situation to bring forth that miracle into manifestation. But the Bible says these three, these three, there, there, there's, there's that, 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 that three-chord fold that cannot be broken. There is that, that triunity of God that, that comes throughout even creation, even the makeup of man, spirit, soul, and body. You see it through all of just natural life and, and natural creation. And it says there is faith, hope, and love. Right? Faith, hope, and love. Because faith has to connect to something. And hope is your picture. Hope is your picture. See, when we, when we talk about the biblical side of hope, just, just the, the, the Greek word itself, and, the, and to explain that, biblical hope is, in its usage is to give a future expectation or 
and future events that are certain. It is to anticipate, usually associated with pleasure. Most times, it's, as it's used. And if you go through and you study and you look at the word hope, I mean, it's, it's strong throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament. And if you, if you really want to focus in and you read Romans, you know, Romans theologically, you really need to start at the beginning of Romans and read it all the way through. And you talk about Christian doctrine. But there is this hope that is laced through that all the way to the end of the book when it says, it talks about God being the God of hope. God is hope. We talk about God is love, but God is hope. And so it has this, this confidence or this expectation. But it's directly connected, again, just like faith is, to what the Word says. Because let, let's read this opening scripture here. You, you'll see kind of what I'm, where I'm going with this and what I'm talking about here. It's it, here in, in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 23. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version. So let us seize and hold fast. Look at the, look at the strength of these words. And retain without wavering the hope come on the hope now right before this he's talking about Jesus the high priest that once and for all was able to basically shed his blood and bring eternal salvation and so in that you know is is kind of the in context of where we're, we're in this passage here but, it, but look at the emphasis, uh, emphasis of what happens here. Without wavering, the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it, for he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to our own opinions. Is that what it says? That's where most of the modern church is today. Very, very based in situational ethics. It's humanism. Humanism been around for a long time. We just stopped calling it humanism. But as long as man thinks he is an answer to his own situation, he can make up his own rules, he can make up his own thoughts out of his own ideas. But no, it's about, to, it's anchored in the Word, folks. If you're not going to believe what God said in His Word, and you don't have a biblical worldview, then again, anything goes. And it can, it can, it can be an ebb and flow based upon from generation to generation and from situation to situation. And you start calling good evil and evil good. So you've got to go back to what does the Bible say on any given subject? What's the Word teach? Faithful. He's faithful to His Word. So hope is very anchored. And if we're going to, because you know what? The, the Word, that, um, that Word confess, because you'll see confession 
at different times throughout the scripture. Confession. Confession is not just repeating words. That word homologia in the Greek is saying the same as the word, the logos. That we're, and, and it's not just saying the same. Because and I'm really, I'm kind of off course here, but hang with me. Because remember, you have the graphe, which is the written word. I know that there's some that differ from this, but if you really study this, I believe this to be true, so that's why I'm teaching it. You have the graphe, which is the written word. You have the rhema, which is the spoken word. You have the logos, which was Jesus, which brought written and living together into a manifestation of the word. And I believe that's still what God is after. That's still his intent, is that somehow what is written, because you can't ever violate what is written in the Word. You can't make stuff up and say, thus saith the Lord. No, it's what is written in the Word and what God brings life to in his spoken that confirms the Word. Now it now solidifies and becomes a living Word out of our lives. And so we confession homologia is is not just a a saying even the word it is a life that is embraced in alignment to god's word okay enough theology <laughs> maybe i want to break this down in the time that we have well let me let me finish reading here because here's the outlay here's where it goes so when he says that you you're to hold fast you got to you got to lay hold of this thing of the of the hope unwavering of the hope what is the picture if you've got the wrong picture then there is no true hope see if the world is if if somehow in life if all we're doing is hoping for the raise that we need to offset the inflation. <laughs> now, nothing wrong with praying for that. Why? Because God wants you blessed. But move from that place that God wants me prosperous. And if you don't believe in that, you really should study Jewish and Judaism very strongly. In the covenant of Abraham that we have. And don't ever get jealous about somebody else having more or look like they've more favored just say amen that keeps your heart right come on it goes back keep your heart right but when you say amen you're saying so be it not only for them but i'll take some of that too lord <laughs> just rejoice in somebody else's blessing and watch what watch what'll happen that was for someone this morning But look at, look at what happens from the outlay of holding on to hope. Because look where he goes with this. Verse 24, and let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate insight to love and help and, and helpful deeds and noble activities. 
No, the King James just says good works. <laughs> the Amplified is going to expound on that so that we get it. With helpful deeds and noble activities. Verse 25, not forsaking or neglecting the assemble, assembling together, come on, as believers, as it is the habit of some people. We need that message again. Because if we're going to have the hope that is rooted and grounded in God's Word, we, we've got to get back. This, we, we are not near back to where we were prior to COVID. But here's, here's recent statistics. Because <laughs> I've I, been like, okay, Lord, you know, I, I see where we're not. And then I hear national statistics that over 40% of those that were attending church prior to the pandemic are not in church any longer. Wow. And so it just brought back what I felt like, you know, I was there at Jesus Culture at the beginning of this year, and Pastor Banning had, had, a, had a panel of pastors from across the nation. And number one conversation that was coming out of that is, again, we're coming out of post-COVID, and all those pastors were saying that the main thing we realized is that, that we had not created strong enough spiritual formation to where true discipleship was happening in people's lives because where are they? If it's a take it or leave it, there is a problem, folks. Of course, I'm preaching to the choir. It, this is for everyone re, uh, listening by uh, web or watching live stream. <laughs> Mom, I love you this morning. <laughs> she was battling some sickness this week. She, she, listen, my mom, bless her heart, I don't know if she's got a, there's probably not an ounce of lazy nothing in her. I mean, she's always working, always busy doing something for somebody or taking care of business. And she's like, I just feel like I need to stay home and rest. I was like, do it. And I knew what this message was through in my heart. I'm like, <laughs> She may get mad at me, no. <laughs> Believe me, she has loved me when I was very unlovable. <laughs> Not forsaking the assembling. We got to get this thing back, folks. The spiritual formation and discipleship and what goes on, this is vital. But let me come back to this and get back on track. Hope is the picture. So, if you're faced with circumstances, situations in your life for you to be able to keep your heart right, walking in love, begin to exercise faith, faith has to connect to a picture, to hope. What is God, what's the picture in that? So it's very future thinking. It's very forward thinking. It doesn't get locked in in the present of, of, of where you can't see a way out. Come on, God makes a way where there is no way. That's the Bible. And, and look it up. You can check me out on that. It, it does not say God makes a way where there seems like there isn't a way. No, it says God makes a way when there is no way. I've watched God do it time and time again. God is faithful. 
And I'll never forget... Man, that's been some years ago now. I know Erica's probably around here somewhere. Yeah, there she is over there. (laughs) I didn't tell her I was going to tell her story again. But Erica had been diagnosed with cancer when she was six, had gone through a a, um, horrible surgery up front, and they did a laminectomy laminectomy where they removed the backside of the vertebrae, and it weakened her spine. And... um, Basically, her spine had a full just collapse. One doctor said her head's fallen off. It, it literally collapsed, created an, a complete S in her spine. She's, she's been paraplegic two or three times. I don't know. She's not, she not saying. She's just over there giving me that look like, I'll probably have to pay for this. <laughs> when they were little, I paid them money. I don't know what it'll cost now. <laughs> they would show up and go, Dad, need an illustration? You can tell something on me today. <laughs> Normally, they had shopping on their brain. <laughs> but Erica, that last surgery, they removed two vertebrae from her spine, and she was, she was paraplegic. She was in a wheelchair. She was in a full halo the bolts in her head and full vest bars on her and uh, even, even didn't have uh, bladder function. And, um, and we, had a, we had a guest in, Pastor Larry Huck. Some of you have seen his program. And, and uh, Pastor Huck, we still have a relationship there. And um, just a, a good man that, that really has lived his faith. Him and Tiz both. Tiz just battled through cancer recently herself and is completely whole. And uh, it's not that you're, listen, using your faith and living for God doesn't mean that somehow you're not ever attacked. That's just not reality. We live in a fallen world and there's a bad devil out there, amen? But there's a good God and he's given us his word. And after the meeting, we, we, I, I watched Pastor Huck just kneel down beside Erica. And he, and he taught her this. He taught her how to see it, say it, and do it. But in that seeing part, it's, it was about hope. When I look back at what he was doing, I was just standing there observing. as he's, He just took time to teach her just a little bit and what it would look like to see it. And he tapped into, he said, Erica, what would you like to do? Well, she's, she's a little kid. She's like, I want to own a horse. I want to ride a horse. She's paraplegic, two vertebrae removed from her spine. That's a little insane, right? I think Pastor Huck is like, well, okay, well, if you can get your, yeah. well, here's what he did. He, he said, you know what? You need to get horse books and posters and you need to you need to think about that horse and write down what that horse would look like and and just you know all these things he just began to teach her how to he said see yourself riding that horse he didn't realize erica already had horse posters she had been to the library and rented all these or you know got all these books on horses and how to groom horses how to care for horses I mean, she had horse stuff everywhere. 
but he put a picture. He helped her frame that in a picture as a motivation to get out of that wheelchair. And Erica had a determination. One thing we've always known about Erica, she, you talk about stubborn. Well, that's fortitude. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to just direct it in the right direction, right? And she became determined. And we watched her continue to progress and work. Every time she'd go for a doctor appointment and a checkup, you know, she'd, the doc, he would, Dr. J, every time he would go, okay, is there anything else? After he had done, you know, they'd done scans and the examination and, and then he had already consulted with us. And, and then at the end, he would always say, finishing kind of the doctor thing, is there anything else? And Erica would go, yeah, can I buy a horse? Can I ride a horse? And initially, he would look at us and unload on us like we were putting her up to it, <laughs> chewing us out, mom and dad. But we watched. And by the end of it, she had gained so much movement back and had become so healed and solid in her spine and just so many of the things he, when she asked that kind of almost towards the final phase of, of that, that process, he looked at us and he's like, yeah, I guess you can buy a horse. <laughs> now, Pastor Huck had promised Erica that if she could regain and get permission from the doctor that's why she was working the way she was. Get permission from the doctor and mom and dad that he would buy her a horse. And he followed through on that. Man of his word. If you're, if you're going to be forward thinking, what is the picture for your future? See, I've, I'm, I'm having to process and come back through that. You know, even as a church, what, is, what does that look like? Do we get settled right here? Well, this is nice. This is comfy. Are we going to do what God told us to do and reach the multitudes? Only thing going to heaven's people. Secondly, invest wisely. Hope makes an investment for in today with the idea that there is a return that will happen in the future. Again, see, that's why you can't just hope, but you need hope. Hope is your picture. But at some point, faith has to engage that says, here's what I'm hoping for. Now I'm going to do whatever's necessary to lay hold of this because faith moves beyond it see hope can be very futuristic that's why i think a lot of people maybe don't focus on the hope aspect enough they just focus on faith because but 
again, you've got to have hope. You've got to be able to say, have a picture. What is that framed? What is that for your future? What does your marriage look like? What does your finances look like? What does your life, your generationally, your legacy, all of those different kinds of things, what does that look like? Well, what you do today directly impacts that future. There is a cause and effect. There is something that's happening. That's why with the decisions that you're making today, you need to do that in light of eternity. And I need to correct myself. Not only are people going to heaven, but your rewards are going to heaven. That, that, that says, that's, that's there. That's biblical. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we're saved. But what we do in this life is going to get tried. And based upon that, there are rewards connected. That's very biblical. I heard one preacher say one time, said, said he was, I mean, he, man, he, he pushed people to volunteer, to share their faith, to live their Christian life in a very outward way to, you know, if you're not volunteering, you ought to volunteer. My son-in-law sh- finally showed up. I think he got saved. He said, I'm volunteering now. <laughs> I was like, good, you need to be. That preacher said, for those of you that have responded to that, someday in heaven you're going to hunt me down and give me a kiss and say, thank you for kicking me in the backside and getting me involved. Because there's going to be some rewards connected to that. How you live your life should be with the hope of not only of what happens in this life, Because, see, the world wants to paint a picture of dog eat dog. Get yours while you can. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. But even for Joanne and I, with all the blessings that have come, and some of them have have come in all kinds of ways, but it's still, how how do we use that? What do we do with that? And there is nothing wrong with sometimes it being directly... Something, I remember hearing a minister one time, he, was, he loved his old pickup. He just was happy driving his old pickup. And somebody gave him a Mercedes. And he had, he had like had an anointing. I mean, he had given away all kinds of vehicles. People would just give him vehicles and he'd just give them away. And so he's trying to think who he's going to give this nice Mercedes away. And, and the Lord spoke to him and said, mm said, don't give that one away. He's like, Lord, I'd just soon drive my pickup. And he's like, nope. Not this one. Said this is more about that that person and their generosity and what they've done. And you're going to enjoy it. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. But to be able to have your life lived on mission so that what you're investing in. Some of you, you, you've been good about that. Some of you need to get better about that, of what, you know, even retirement and what that future looks like in the natural. And preachers have been the worst at this in the past. I know more 
older generation pastors that kept thinking Jesus was going to come before they expired, and they had zero retirement plan. Nothing. I've helped some of them. You can know this, at least for our staff here at the Life Church, we have really worked to try and help make that possible to where we're paying a good salary, but also now, we, haven't, we didn't have this in years past, but we do now, where we have made this more of a value of who we are so that people are cared for and that pastors have something for their future. How you invest now, it is speaking with hope. What you do, investing today in your kids, in your grandkids, it is the hope for the future. You have to see it in that way. And then the last one, I'll close here with this. That's, that's why this church is not, we're not just plateauing. We're going to continue to do what God's called us to do and to reach not only those that are here in this city. I had a pastor tell me this past week, you know, I was talking to him about some of the things that we were doing. We had done the leadership conference in Pakistan. We're very involved in some other countries. And, and he's like, the Life Church is really a lot bigger. We have, we, have, we have two ministries that have talked to us about bringing their whole organization with other churches under the Life Church in other countries, one of them with hundreds of churches. I'm like, wait a minute, time out. <laughs> but you know what? What I have found, if I can invest in a leader, you impact a leader, you impact a whole lot of other people. And so I'm, I'm looking at how that looks like for my own life and investing in leaders for our future. I'm not getting any younger, folks. <laughs> now, I want to stick around some more years, but <laughs> it's like, how, how can I make my greatest impact that, that God can use me in? And, and I start thinking about that, and I start processing that, and every time it seems like that's just the natural where, where it goes. I was supposed to be in the Albania trip with uh, John doing that pastor's gathering, and I just, I just felt like I couldn't do it right now. Uh, um, August, supposed to be in Philippines, and we're sending Pastor David. I don't know where he went, but y'all be praying. Pastor David and Kelly are headed to the Philippines. Amen? I can bless and send others. <laughs> That's investing. But the last one is a pursuit passionately. You just, you just can't see the heroes of our faith doing anything less than really pursuing what God has said with such passion. I mean, just read through, you know, the, the, the Gospels and look at the life of Jesus, how passionate he was. Look at the Apostle Paul and look at how passionate he was. And when you look at, at just what should happen in that, I believe that every day we should attack life. Now, do you live healthy and are you rested? Yes. Absolutely. Have, make sure that you have a culture of health. 
in your life that's working. But that should put you in a place to where you are attacking life. Don't just coast. Don't just unplug and just, well, whatever will be, will be. No, we have a mission to live on assignment, to, to live in such a way that we're really going after it. I'm, and this is the last, last verse that I'll, I'll share here today. And it's from Philippians chapter 3, very familiar, verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehend, but one thing I do. And you're going to see this message directly correlates to what Paul said right here. He said, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Look at that forward thinking. What's the future hold? Well, Paul knew that eventually it was going to cost him his life. But he knew there was eternal rewards. He knew that there was things that he was making sure that he was investing in those other leaders and raising up leaders in the local churches that had been planted and caring for. He talks about the burden of, of the care in his heart of carrying all those different missions works, all those churches that were being planted and what, what that was like. That's very apostolic. He said, I press toward the goal the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Do you hear and see the passion in Paul? Man. Sometimes you just, you, you've got to, you've got to allow that. See, sometimes, if we're not careful, that, that pessimist wants to come out and we don't want to get our hopes up. I, I felt like that I was kind of, Joanne and I were kind of there with her health. I mean, I was here and she was, she was still in Arlington and, and all of a sudden she calls me and she's like, uh, she had been having all these symptoms, different stuff going on, and her blood pressure was skyrocketing. The neighbor took her to the emergency room. This is just some weeks back. <laughs> and so, already thinking, okay, who's going to fill your spot and be team leader? Who can we send? What can we do? And it's like, she was like, no. And she went to the sleep doctor, went to her primary doctor, went to a sleep doctor, just started on a... It, got connected to some sleep apnea. She's believing she's coming back healed. But already we have just watched so miraculous of her blood pressure come back to just absolute normal range. And, and, uh, but she was not going to be deterred. And I think that would have been a major fight on my hands or any of her kids if we would have tried to stop her. <laughs> She was going to pursue passionately what God's called her to do. You know what? Sometimes I, I, I just, we have to be willing. We have to move past ourselves. 
and say, what is God's desire in this? What is God? And I, again, you don't want to be foolish. Again, you can be an eternal optimist and be in terrible decision-making mode. You need a little bit of realist somewhere in your life if you have that tendency. Because otherwise, it's all good. Ain't nothing to see here. The place is burning down. You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> Your finances are crashing. <laughs> no, you want to you be wise. But you know what? Align it to the Word. What's the picture that God's Word says? You know, for some of you spouses, Ephesians gives a great passage for husbands and wives. Instead of using that as a club, <laughs> this is what the Bible says. How about just start praying that and speaking that over your spouse? Oh, come on, ladies. When you start saying, he's going to love me like Jesus loved the church, he's going to get... Come on. You start... Now you're putting, you're putting pressure on the Word. And look at, remember the, what that passage said up there? It says that, that he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his Word. Come on, he, if, if you can find it in the Bible, he did it for that jailer in this capacity where salvation not only came to him, but it says it came to his whole household. I've watched people stand on that in, in, in spite of how bonehead, spirit of stupid on a kid, how, how rebellious, and, and just declare, God, you said, you did it for a jailer that you brought to you and you declared that him and his household would be saved. Why not my household? Why not my kids? You start engaging God's Word in the picture of what that should be, even for your children, for your marriage, for your finances, for your workplace, for what does that future look like? See, hope is that picture. What are you picturing? What, is, what has been there in the past of some some dream that you felt like God gave you, something that maybe somebody prophetically spoke to you. What is that on the inside that's, that's, that's stirring there, that's, that's truly of God? Not something you just want, you want to dream up yourself or that you want your own way, but if you know it's born of God, because see, that which is born of God will overcome. So many times, that which is not born of God will overcome you. But if it's born of God, then all of a sudden, it's like, yes. And now you have this hope to where your life is being lived now out of that place of expectation, that picture that you have. And there's no question. Somebody looks at you, they know that you are living in hope, a biblical hope. What does that biblical hope look like for the picture that's coming to you right now? I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. What is that biblical hope? What does that look like? 
I believe God wants to increase the resources with many of you, not just one here this morning, but even even others. That that you, but He's looking. What are you doing with what you have right now? Are you being faithful in that area with what you do have? And just just trust in Him right now in even the small things and at the place of where you're at and even at the beginning. I said someone is at the beginning of a journey you're about to see some breakthrough and some things happen if you'll be faithful right now commit that to the Lord offer that to him give it to him and you watch how blessed you are going to be I mean you're already blessed but with resources beyond your wildest imagination Father we thank you for that Thank you for marriages that are godly, that are Christ-centered, that are biblically based, that have the expression of what your word teaches toward each other. Father, thank you for our children serving you with their whole hearts. Thank you, Father, that we can picture that. We don't picture them staying a prodigal. We don't picture them out there eating the pig slop and away from you. We see them serving you. We see them doing the will of God and performing those things that you would call them to do. God, I thank you for helping us to see those things. Come on, picture it. Embrace it. Some of you may need to write it down. I believe God's sharing some things with some folks right here this morning. And you're, you're going to need to write some of those things down so that you can put it up where you can begin to hold that confession. Begin to speak that. Don't get negative. Oh, hear me this morning. Don't get negative. I know you don't have to be an eternal optimist, but you can speak God's Word. Father, we thank you for this. Seal this in our hearts. For some, maybe salvation right here. Maybe some of you right there where you're at. You just say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. Just surrender your life to him right there where you're at. Say, Jesus, save me from my sins. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Just pray that. For some of you, maybe you are that prodigal, but you're returning home and you're seeing the picture of the Father with open arms saying, come. He's been waiting on you. He's been waiting on you for your return. Get that picture. He's not rejecting you. He's not pushing you away. He's ready to receive you with open arms. Make that your prayer today. I'm returning to you, Lord. Father, we thank you for that this morning. Thank you for the work you're doing in us. The hope. An eternal hope. That each of us can have here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.